0: Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today's Tuesday, October 26th of 2021. This is episode number 122. I am your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today is my brother, Jeff. Hey, Jeff, how are things going? It's going pretty good, Rod.
1: You know, it's kind of chilly, rainy and nasty, you know. Um, I didn't even feel like walking out to my beer fridge tonight.
0: Man, that's, yeah, that's rough. Do you think of, of maybe moving that, um, you know, to, to the garage that's attached to your house? Uh, yeah, I
2: don't know. Not
0: yet. Not yet. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> I understand. I understand. Yeah, yeah, it's been cold. It's been uh, kind of getting nastier out, but, um, we, we, you know, uh, Kristen and I have still been getting out, taking our walks at lunch, so trying to tough it out for as long as we can. <laughs> We'll see what happens there you know in the coming weeks but so far we're so far we're sticking with it so uh, uh we're going to welcome our guest tonight that's stacy witter stacy how are things going
3: things are great down here fellas and it's uh it's good to be with you tonight so uh sure been looking forward to it and i'm glad to be on with you hey yeah, you join us from oklahoma city <clears throat> that's right um Uh, Just on the outskirts of Oklahoma City and Mustang, and speaking of weather, we've got, like, as we speak here at uh, 735 Central Time, we have major, major storms brewing just west of here, probably within uh, 80 miles moving this way, spring-style storms, which... We have been getting bombarded down here this October last year on this day. We had one inch of ice on the ground on an ice historic ice storm that lasted uh, uh, about about almost a week. Uh, Just incredible for October, middle of October, middle, late October. And this year in October, we have just bombarded with our second tornado season. That just uh, continues to come over and over and over. So the what was it they called it, the the uh, bomb cyclone uh, out on the West Coast is now just west of Oklahoma City and moving in here, and it's hitting that gulf moisture that comes right up, and they meet right in Oklahoma City, so uh, uh, sometime shortly after we're done recording tonight, I may hit the cellar so that's where wow. our beer is oh, okay. by the way i, I wow. was just thinking
1: that your cellar has really good really good acoustics station.
3: <laughs> not there <laughs> yet oh, okay. but hey listen i i'm made to travel so i can pick it up and roll if necessary right yeah yeah
0: <laughs> keep keep an eye on that for sure <laughs> Definitely. yeah
3: uh, jill's in the other room keeping a close eye on that for me and uh but uh, we're we're still quite a ways away but it's coming and there's no doubt about it we're we're all kind of ready for it around here so it's been quite the weather year everything seems to be one extreme or the other nowadays so wow well <clears throat> so you guys can follow stacy
0: at the wtt which I, I guess is for part of your last name, right?
3: Yeah, that's an old high school nickname and and uh, somebody got the eye before I got it. So <laughs> Yeah, that's what I figured. A
0: lot of times, yeah, you go for your you go for something on Twitter and it's already taken. Yeah. So yeah. But
3: they called you me, do best me you can. in high school and uh, so it's stuck and that's always kind of been my my handle, if you will, and but but uh, I was late to the Twitter Twitter sphere, so uh, uh, when I when I when I did get there, somebody had already got uh, spelled the correct spelling. So it's the W T T. That's nice,
0: excellent. excellent. And yeah, well, guys, we're going to talk about uh, at least a couple of us about uh, the the beers <coughs> we have in front of us uh, tonight. Um, Stacy, I'm going to let I'm going to let you go first. And just talk about your evening and and uh beverages that you've enjoyed or are enjoying it currently
3: you bet well uh as in my preparations for tonight uh jill and i went for a walk when i got home from work and uh got to get the walk in get a little cardio in so went for a nice brisk walk and came back and had a really cold uh just old-fashioned miller genuine draft uh enjoyed it uh and then Went to work on preparation for tonight, so I'm kind of slacking tonight in the beer department. I'm on the water right now, uh, <clears throat> as I was telling you guys off the air a little bit earlier. Jill's really the the uh, worldly beer drinker in our family, anyway. Now, don't get me wrong; I'll put away a beer or two, but uh, but when it comes to the the real beer, if you will, just a couple weeks ago, as I was saying earlier. We were at the uh, Browns game tailgating from early morning uh, after breakfast uh, to watch the Cardinals game, and and uh, as the guys at, at, uh, at one of the big uh, tailgates that invited us over, uh, we had a great time. Uh, just loved being there, and they took great care of us. Well, uh, as as we were tailgating, they they thought so much of us that they brought this really dark black beer out to me and. He was going to give me some of his personal stash, and I was thankful. Uh, something with a little vanilla bean in it and and uh, really just a, a great-looking dark beer, if you like that. But that's not really my style. So <laughs> as he handed it to me, I passed it on to Jill, my fiancé, who... Uh, who spent 13 years in the Air Force, many of those years in Germany and England, and uh, certainly had an acquired taste for more of that than I did. And anyway, we both ended up enjoying not only that beer, but many more before the game. So, uh, but she's the real beer drinker, as I made it clear that day. In this family, uh, <clears throat> boys, I can tell you what I'm. Uh, I'm six foot uh 260 pounds and i put away a beer or two in my 57 years and i she can hang right there with you now i can tell you right now so uh but now i had a i had a nice cold beer just in preparation earlier this evening just a regular good domestic miller genuine draft and uh and then i got on the water just so i'd be ready and ready to hear about y'all's beer
0: excellent well you know, I've been doing pretty good at picking beers out to kind of jive with the story of our guests. And uh, uh-huh. I'm drinking a German beer tonight. So I'm drinking, it says the famous, and I'm going to say this wrong, guys, because I'm German, but I don't, uh, German <laughs> heritage, but I don't speak German. That says the famous Narragansett, Fest Mar- Marzen Lager. So it's from, Ger- it's uh, a German beer it's uh it's only 5.5 percent nice. um i had one of these the other night uh, but I, I got a six of it so i thought this would be a, a nice beer to enjoy uh during the podcast and it's just got a nice german flavor to it it's it's fairly light um but uh very enjoyable
3: well while we're on that subject before we move over to uh uh to jeff and his beer uh uh you need to look for the uh you need to look for the f5 in regard to oklahoma it's uh coop beer uh coop ale works here in here in oklahoma city uh makes a a really nice beer called an f5 uh i would put your limit at somewhere under five though (laughs) but uh, (laughs) it really is a nice enjoyable beer so you'll have to keep an eye out for f5 which i do know they have up there because i have That's seen it I'm when I've been up there. So,
0: okay, duly noted. Nice. I made a note of that. Nice. There you go. And, uh, yeah, I'll I'll keep an eye out. Definitely. Um, I know Jeff. Jeff said he's not drinking anything. I guess uh, so. Um, so Jeff, uh, if you don't have anything to add to our segment, I think we'll I think we'll just move on. Keep <laughs> Let's keep moving. All right, uh, guys. Um, we've come to the part where uh where Stacy where we let you talk about your uh about your history as a Browns fan oh my fandom yeah your fandom yeah so why don't you kind of fill us in on uh on your life as a Browns fan
3: well absolutely I think uh like a lot of people in this country I grew up uh, uh of course playing football I like most people started in you know first or second grade and uh i played 10 years all the way through high school as a wrestler and a football player so i was i was always a fan of course around here you're you're fed local teams and and so naturally especially back in the day you're just cowboys shoved down our throat around here so uh and me originally being from north tulsa uh which is about 100 miles northeast of here from oklahoma city up in northeastern oklahoma uh, Same thing there. You're fed mainly the Dallas Cowboys. Occasionally you get a little Kansas City Chiefs. But it wasn't – it was even more regionalized back then. So, you know, as far as being a Browns fan or something, it's not going to be a natural thing except, obviously, the Sooners, uh, uh, really good football team here in college. Everybody's kind of familiar with those guys. And uh, back in the 70s uh, when I was a young kid um, – certainly the early 70s you know we go uh, we, we pretty much dominated the entire decade of the 70s and won three national championships and and uh, could have won two or three more but anyway we ended up winning three in the decade of the 70s and had a couple knockdown dragouts by the way with Ohio State which I'm sure a few of the listeners uh, will remember um big big games but uh in 1973 the uh All-time, at the time, all-time leading yards per carry rusher from college football, Greg Pruitt, was drafted uh, by the Cleveland Browns, of course, their first-round pick. Well, being a Young Sooner fan the way I was, of course, I wanted to see where Greg Pruitt was going to go. You know, he averaged over nine yards a carry in college and one of the greatest running backs of all time. Should have won the Heisman Trophy, but just a lot of competition and uh, finished second. but the, uh, uh, that's where my fandom started, you know? And so Greg goes in 1973. Now let's don't forget Greg Pruitt didn't go to the Browns and become an average player. Greg Pruitt's five-time pro bowler finished his entire career with a 4.7 yard per carry average. And I'll tell you right now, you can look long and hard in those record books to find those 4.7 and above guys for their entire career. Um, and uh, Greg averaged 4.7 in his career, um, all but one of those years with the Browns. Of course, he went out to the Raiders and made another Pro Bowl after he left the Browns after 10 years. And uh, I know Greg's still beloved there in, uh, <clears throat> in Cleveland, but that's where I became a fan. And I'll never forget, uh, I'm, I'm eight, eight or nine years old, and I believe it was 73. I think it was his rookie year, Browns against the Steelers. Um, and this is where it really cemented me as a Browns fan and put me through all those years of misery later. But uh, uh, that's where I that's where I hooked up. Browns against Steelers. I think it was in '73. Greg Pruitt, course, wore number 34 for the Cleveland Browns. He was their star rookie coming in and and uh, scored two touchdowns against Steelers that day. And uh, and the Browns beat the Steelers that day. And it's just a big 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 time game at the time and uh, kind of cemented me as a browns fan and a lot of people don't <clears throat> remember this but greg pruitt you know we watch jarvis landry throw the ball nowadays uh and people think of it as a token well with jarvis it's more than a token he can throw the ball you know it's become clear that the guy's really a good uh thrower of the football <laughs> well greg pruitt was the same way as a matter of fact greg pruitt Uh, In his career, had six touchdown passes. Uh, The uh, the quarterback, I think it was Phipps for uh, the Browns back then. Uh, He's quoted as saying one time that Greg Pruitt is he's ever been the thrower that I am. He can throw it as far as I can. He can throw it on the run like I can. He can throw it anywhere just like I can. But Threw six touchdown passes for the Browns during his career also, but through dozens and dozens of completed passes for the Browns during his career and uh, just as a halfback. So not only was he a great rusher, he was uh, just a heck of a good player, receiver, passer, everything for the Browns, did it all for the Browns. And uh, so that's where I got started. I went with, (laughs) I went with the Browns all the way through the eighties. I was there for the, the fumble. I was there for the comeback. I, you know, I was there for them all, and then, of course, I was there when Modell pulled out of town. Um, I was pretty much just like everybody else in Cleveland, except I didn't live there. I couldn't imagine how it uh, how I felt to the people that lived there. Uh, you guys will have to tell me more about that later, but uh, uh, I got a pretty good idea because it made me sick at the time and. Uh, you know, when the team got back together, uh, when when they brought the Browns back, <clears throat> it didn't really feel the same for a while. Uh, I didn't, I have to be honest, I didn't really immediately latch back onto the Browns, although I wanted good things for them, just that missing time, lost the connection to them. But then in 2018, when they drafted Mayfield and Chubb, and it wasn't just Mayfield, of course, uh, glad to see Mayfield go there. It was a big story being the number one pick and, a you know, kind of a normal size human being. Uh, so that was a big deal. And I knew what Mayfield could do, but I knew the task ahead of, of him was, uh, was extreme trying to take a team that has won one game in three years or something at the time. And uh, I didn't know for sure if they'd be able to get it done, but They brought in all these other young guys and of course they had garrett there who's young and then you know landry had come over and just having this new blood and this really young team it it gave me a reason just to reinvest in a team that was my childhood one of my childhood teams growing up and so that's kind of my story of brown's fandom uh, they gave me another reason to hate the Steelers. Uh, so growing up, I hated the Steelers cause I was force fed the Cowboys. So naturally I hated the Steelers, but mm-hmm. I also love the Browns. So it gave me another reason to hate the Steelers. So I've been a happy Browns fan for quite some time now. And, uh, certainly glad to be, uh, more connected than ever to, uh, not only the Browns, but I love the land. Uh, I love to, uh, Come up and see the uh, city of Cleveland and enjoy our time there. And we've already been once this year. We're hoping to hit a playoff game later this year. So, that's the story of my Browns fandom, there, guys.
0: Excellent, excellent. And uh, Jeff, that's not exactly the story we expected to hear, was it?
3: Well,
1: do you want to address the elephant in the room here? I mean, yeah. last week we had last week we had a guy from Oklahoma um oh really you know
0: well, we he's actually from about, maryland but yeah he well he lives in maryland now but yeah okay. he's an oklahoma right, guy
1: right right but he became a browns fan because of baker mayfield uh,
0: um yeah
1: so he's only been a fan since 2018 so we talked about you know him being one of the the newest fans we've ever spoken with um, right and and now, now here here we are talking to another Oklahoma fan who really sort of you know links the, the two football programs and, uh-huh. and although you know your your experience goes just just a smidge further back uh, than his right uh, I think it's it's kind of it's kind of you know putting us putting us on a path here you know where. <laughs> I, you know, I think it's a good thing that we're drafting guys from Oklahoma and recruiting fans out there.
3: Well, I, I agree with that. Number one, you're going to get some players. That uh, gummit, it makes me sick every time we have to play the Ravens and, you know, go up and get six or eight Oklahoma players. and <laughs> And, you know, and now the... Freaking Bengals, they got four or five of them. You know, it's like, come on, Browns, draft more. It would help me a lot right. here. But uh Ohio well,
0: you know, State guys. So right, right. Yeah.
3: But I, I tell you, man, I've got um I I I I I went through I've been through hell with the Browns, uh and and proud that I have because it makes what we're going through now uh that much better. You know, so I am truly one of the older guys. My dad actually Loved the Browns. I was a huge Schottenheimer fan. Uh, never been about. Never been more broken hearted than that last, you know, failure at the goal line. Um, and uh, but anyway, loved all those teams. Uh, glad we got what we got now. You know, and and uh, uh, just just glad to be a part of it.
0: Yeah. So uh, let let's move on into to. Uh Talking about the uh, the Browns and and the game that they played on Thursday, which man it seems like a long time ago. I guess it's been several days, guys. Isn't it? Wow. But uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, so the Browns uh, come away with a win, seventeen fourteen over the Broncos. Um, you know this I, this was a game I think uh, you know I, I think people felt like yeah the Browns should win this game, but then you kind of look at it and the injuries and stuff, and I think you know um, I think people were still kind of worried about this and, you know, especially with, with uh, so many guys out and, and not knowing what case Keenum was going to do. Cause he hadn't played a game in so long. And, and I uh, mean, you know, our starting running backs out and so many other guys mm-hmm. and it's uh, you know, the, I, I would say the final score really doesn't reflect how close the game was. I mean, the Browns oh. could have scored again if they wanted there at the end of the game. Um, but they, you know, they just chose to run the clock out. So, um, so, so they get the win. So, um, why don't you guys just uh, let me know? Uh, why don't you give us just some takeaways from that game? Um, you know, it, as far as what you, what you, what you thought and what you saw in that game. And and uh, Jeff, uh, since since Stacy just gave us his story, we'll let you go first on this one.
1: Good good quality win um good performance from our our backup quarterback i thought you know um it's it's nice to have a guy like that with his level of nfl experience who can step in and give you that kind of a performance in what i have been saying was i thought a really pivotal game for the organization i mean there's just a huge difference between being four and three right now and maybe being three and four and looking up at the rest of the division so Mm -hmm. um you know there were some interesting things that happened in that game um that i thought sort of you know determined the outcome that um goes beyond how a few guys played but um thank goodness for dearness johnson
2: Mm -hmm.
1: um you know i mean he he pretty much single-handedly won that game for us, Um, you know, by by being able to rip off a bunch of runs early. It really set the tone. Um, You know, I I expected a higher scoring game. Um, I think, you know, we saw the, like you said, you know, later in the game, we weren't really pushing the ball to score as much, but um, the fact that we won is great. Um, Hopefully that Sets us on a path, like I said, over these next several games, you know, where we can rip off a few wins in a row.
0: Yeah. So, uh, so, Stacy, what were some of your takeaways from that from that win?
3: You know, uh, I couldn't agree more. First of all, really solid job by Keenum. Somebody asked me my first take uh, uh, the other day and I said solid, just solid. And the guy looked at me as if that was some sort of, as if I was discounting his, his performance. I really couldn't, I couldn't state it any better. It was just a solid, gritty performance. And you know what we needed that night? We needed a solid, gritty performance. Okay. You know, uh, here's the deal. Uh, I think, I think one thing that was clear to me in watching it, because I've watched Case Keenum, uh, For the last 20 years, you know, uh, uh, coming out of Texas in high school, at Houston in college, uh, in his pro career, uh, I've I've seen this guy uh, most of his uh, uh, career. And here's what's never going to happen with Keenum is he's not going to kill you with any arm strength. Uh, that does worry me a little bit as, you know, we get prolonged into, you know, some Baker recovery here, hopefully, you know, recovery, uh, his arm strength does concern me a little, but, but here's the deal. I think they played to his strengths, but more than anything, what I was so impressed with him about was he was doing things he doesn't normally do. This is not Case Keenum from five years ago. Uh, he wasn't the guy that's going to take five shots stumbling up the middle, trying to get a first down. That was not Case Keenum traditionally. I think that toughness of the Browns and Baker uh, has rubbed off on him. I think mm-hmm. he was willing to be gritty and dirty and stumble for four yards. If that's all he could do, you know, Um by the same token, I think we've seen some of that um, uh, in the running back. Dearness Johnson, I think he was running like a man possessed. And, you know, it doesn't hurt to sit there and watch those other two cats run the ball. Because if you want to learn how to run the ball, all you got to do is watch those dudes, you know. So I think we benefited the other night from some backups that are really good players and that have learned to get dirty and be a little nastier and play a little more, um, you know, like we needed them, gritty and solid and just whatever it took kind of play. And uh, I couldn't have been more impressed with both of them. Uh, I also thought the, 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 the uh, rookie running back um, name escapes my uh, – yeah. Uh, so I think, I think we got performances from everybody in spots and more than anything, Hey, those defensive backups that we had in the other night, um, you know, when Ward went down, uh, I think he went down relatively early in the game. Uh, we got a lot of performance from a lot of guys in that, in that game the other day. And like you said, and I couldn't agree more, um, Jeff, I, um, the the difference in three and four and four and three, this is the NFL. It, look, you're going to lose games in the NFL. It's the way it works. But here's the deal. the The mental difference just says, yeah, we're still on the right track versus – well, we've taken a little bump in the road, you know, and still being on the right track is okay in the NFL, and that's where we're at right now. It feels good. feels like, okay, if we can get some people healthy, we're in good shape, but I couldn't have been more impressed with the the team as a whole in bouncing back from that really tough Arizona game, which that, by the way, fellas, is a really good football team they put together out there. Yeah,
1: right. you know, I mentioned last week guys that uh, i was really concerned about the psyche of the team Mm -hmm. after that loss and and going into this short week and everything and i think uh you make a great point stacy that you know being able to to ramp it up with with depth you know the depth that we've been talking about this roster all year Mm -hmm. uh, depth of guys being able to step up and, and get us that critical win um i think that just plays so well to um team cohesiveness and the ability to pull out tough victories that that, you know that will pay benefits as we get it through the season and hopefully into the playoffs
3: agreed because there's nothing short of uh if if for no other reason feeling more a part of what's going on with this team the every guy that had to step up last week are more connected than ever to the heart and soul of what this team's about you know uh and it is amazing when the browns aren't having to l- go out and look for a starting quarterback all the time what they can focus on in getting the right guys behind the guys that we need to get that depth to build a team that's that's more built to get to the playoffs you know
0: yeah that's right so i um what do you guys think? Uh, you know, there were so many other guys who who uh, stepped up, but what do you guys think it meant to the Browns and the other players to have uh, Jarvis Landry back oh, on the field? My god. Oh god! You know, I mean, he had five catches, thirty-seven yards. It wasn't, oh. uh, you know, it wasn't a huge uh, performance for Jarvis. Uh, you know, and he and he got hurt later in the game, but uh, man, it just seemed to me like it was a huge left. Is is that how you guys both saw it?
3: No question. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't know uh, I don't know any other way to put it, but I felt better when he walked out on the field. <laughs> you know what I mean? You guys felt better. If we feel yeah. better, I mean, can you imagine what the players felt? And by the way, he is the smartest, one of the smartest players in football today. He instantly hits the field Knows exactly where to get open Mm -hmm. just to get it started. You know, I mean, he, he is a hot route waiting to happen. Now, he can do lots of other things. But what he did that night was ran a couple little quick hot routes to get Keenum settled in. And I don't think there's any accident that it happened you know, I think he knew yeah, I've got to get great. open. i got to get open quick and give this guy an easy target. And it, like I said, he made everybody feel better. You know, my dog got relaxed when he came out on the field.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I
3: pardon me, Rob, go ahead. Uh, I just wanted to say, yes, I agree completely.
0: Yeah, so um, what do you guys think the odds were before the season started that there would be a Case Keenum to Johnny Stanton touchdown pass during the regular season? <laughs> 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 Probably not real high, right? I uh, wish I'd have been on the story muddy, of our right?
1: injuries this season.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was Stanton's, I think his first, I know it was his first receiving touchdown. Was that, I think that, is that the first touchdown he scored? I, can't, I believe I it was. I, I think, think it, it was first. Yeah, I believe yeah. it was. So oh. it, that's pretty cool. I mean, he's a guy everybody, you know, everybody in Cleveland really likes Johnny Stanton. So uh, yeah, that was an easy guy cool. to root for.
3: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, easy guy to root for. I agree completely. And, and I, then
0: I'm, I'm going to bring this up because we talked we talked on the last podcast about the uh, about the Von Miller guarantee. He guaranteed two sacks <laughs> against the Browns, and I know he got hurt in the game. Um, I'm not sure when he went out in the game, but, um, he did not get any sacks. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not bringing this up to, to make fun of him or anything. I mean, he's obviously a great player and all that, but he didn't get any, any sacks, but Miles Garrett did. Miles Garrett got a sack and a yeah. half and, you know, and if they would call a holding penalty once in a while on him, you know, God only knows how many sacks he would get in games. <laughs> Yes there's 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 no penalty for ever for holding the guy so why wouldn't you just hold him on every play Right I love what he said this week
1: about he's getting the shack treatment I thought that was hilarious Yeah yeah There's a lot
3: to that Listen I played the game I'm not a big get on the refs kind of guy but there was two or three times the other night where it's like oh come on man yeah, everybody, you can see it. It's like the ref's looking right at it. I don't understand. And it is kind of that. Well, he's bigger and stronger. Kind of mentality. It almost feels like it's almost like the pee in the cup thing. He has a good game. Yeah. Immediately, he knows he's going to get the call. You know, it's yeah. like.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, all I wanted, all I want is to see it called the same for everybody. You know, right. that's it. Miles, it shouldn't be called any differently for Miles than it is for anybody else. So, you know, in Miles, if you would just call the, the egregious ones, you know, I think it would be enough to maybe change the way guys play against him a little bit, and he would probably get a few more sacks.
3: Well, because if you did do that, that's a really good point. If you did that the other night, there might have been two more holding calls just against him and guess yeah. what that changes the rush that night you know what right. i mean not right. i mean it, it really does two more holding calls all of a sudden they're in a hole on two other drives they may not get that first drive after coming out of halftime and that changes the whole complexion area as my dad used to say so uh mm-hmm. uh you know but but by not calling them then it just kind of builds and builds and builds and builds and and uh um, and then it does change the momentum of the game. And, and trust me,
0: I, I don't want I don't want a hold
3: and call on every play. You know,
0: I, that, that's right. the last thing I want. Right. You know, but but there, the, these plays where you see it so that it's so obvious, and the refs just you know put their put their blindfold on, it, it's just not right. So they need to call these whatever two, three, four times a game, depending on the game. They need to call them. So the guys mm-hmm. know that they can't get away with this. They yeah. need to know there's going to be a holding call and you're going to get the 10 yards or you can, or you can play it upright and, and let miles get a sack once in a while. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. You know, there yeah. were
1: 11 penalties
0: in that game and nine of them were called against the Browns.
3: It's unbelievable.
1: Um, doesn't I, even, yeah, I, mean, I mean, you know, like you, Stacy, I don't, I don't ever want to complain about the officiating. It's a tough job. Um, I think it yeah. tends to even out over time. Um, I don't think any of these guys have an agenda. I just think they miss things from time to time. Um, but nine penalties is something the Browns are definitely going to have to clean up. Um, we can't continue to, to and particularly the way we start out games,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, mm-hmm. with DPIs and, and, and and some of these um, these issues with the lines, um, you know, that that should have been cleaned up in training camp, you know, we're still seeing seven weeks in. Um, you know, I, I think that's a bigger issue that that the coaching staff needs to address is how can we reduce the number of penalties, not get more called. I don't. I mean, yes, I agree, Miles is getting held sometimes,
3: but mm-hmm. I think we
1: need less penalties in the game, not more.
3: No, I agree with that. And one yeah. thing I was going to say is I think some of those injuries that those guys have had for us specifically on the uh, offensive line have hurt us in that regard. I've noticed the tackles being what looked to me uh, just rewatching a couple of the games in preparation for tonight uh, or the highlights of the games looked to me a little slow uh, out of their set uh, a couple times. I think some of that's got to do with these injuries, uh, and therefore, boy, if you're a quarter step slow on a guy like, you know, Von Miller or somebody like that, you're in trouble, you know.
2: Yes. So yeah,
3: uh, you got to do something. But I, I couldn't agree more. We've got to clean that up. But eventually, I like the way Stefanski uh, handles it. I'm, I'm a fan of his style in that he don't say much to the refs, you know. But as the season goes on, as a coach, uh, you're building credit with those refs by not overdoing it throughout the season. Uh, those are checks that aren't written yet, and they come back for cash. They do. Uh, and I've just seen it so many times, and I think Stefanski's, couldn't put, uh, Stefanski's putting money in the bank here uh, just waiting on his time to come back around. And that way, you know, it's the old deal. If you yell all the time, eventually nobody listens to you because you're yelling all the time, you know. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah. I think when he raises his voice later, as the games become more important later in the year, I, I think hope. it'll matter more. And I think he will get some attention for us, but we just need to worry about our business. I do agree with you there completely, man. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So, uh, so the Browns um, let, let's kind of move on. If, if you guys have, uh, you know, if you guys want to kind of go between games, that's fine, but I kind of wanted to introduce the, the Steelers game coming up into the into the discussion here cuz um St- Steelers are uh Steelers are 3 and 3 they're they're on a, on a uh, around this week um you know and, and they had uh, they had two wins before that they beat the Seahawks 23-20 and then they beat the Broncos 27-19 and then um, the Bills somehow I don't know how they built the be- beat the Bills uh
3: week 1. I
0: have no idea.
3: Um It was a it was really a goofy game. I don't know if you guys watched it. Yeah, it I was watched just part of it. Game. I think I was
0: switching between that and another game and I just couldn't believe how weird it was. Yeah,
3: it was it was really weird, but uh yeah. um,
0: yeah, yeah. So know, that's week it. one I guess anything can happen week one so
2: that's right um that's right. but
0: yeah but they had three you know three losses in weeks two three four so but you know they've gone win-win bye. so um you know I mean they're they're probably feeling pretty good about themselves right now coming off this bye with two weeks to prepare for the browns you know although the Browns have uh you know ten days to try to get a little healthy and prepare for the Steelers uh game this game uh, game is in Cleveland, um, which seems kind of weird. The Browns have been home a lot lately. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. The schedule's really kind of strange this season. So um, just looking at this, the, uh, the the Browns, I think, are an early three-point favorite, and the over-under is 43 on this. Um, we're not going to talk final score yet, but I uh, just wanted to throw that out there. So um, – how do you guys see this game shaping up? Um, you know, do you do you feel good about this game? Or are you concerned about this game? Just just talking about the game in general, not, you know, not specifically based on who plays or whatnot. So what do you think, Stacy?
3: Well, my thoughts are, uh, let me just tell you, uh, Ben is a shell of him of his former self. Uh, there's no question about that. However, I've done a little film study here in preparation for tonight. And let me just tell you, his arm has gotten better as the year's gone on. Uh, It hasn't gotten worse like it seemed to late in the year last year. It's gotten stronger. There's no question he's throwing the ball more crisply than he was earlier in the year. Um, I mean, and it's noticeable. Uh, The other thing that's helping him just a ton is Najee harris i mean uh having that guy behind you will will make things easier on you as a quarterback um but uh look this thing it really comes down to uh, in, in my opinion uh the steelers they still have a incredibly strong run defense and they got one heck of a pass rush We've got to be able to handle that. And then they've got athletes like Claypool, uh, and Najee Harris, and, uh, they've got another, uh, Washington, the wide receiver speedster, uh, but then another kid that I can't remember his name, but really, really got some athletes out there, especially Claypool. He's a freak. Um, but, uh. But no doubt about it, uh, if our pass rush, he is more immobile than ever, meaning Roethlisberger. Uh, But his arm is stronger than it was, seemed earlier in the year. His passes do look crisper. uh, And I think part of that's just because he's getting a little more time uh, because of Najee Harris. So, um, you know, we got to get to him. If we get to him with the pass rush, I think we can upset the apple cart. Uh, and then our key is we've got to stop their pass rush because if Keenum gets to take you know getting under duress regularly, uh, then, then we can get in trouble there. But but uh, hopefully it's Chubb back. Is that the, the latest? Uh, it's sounding that way. Yeah, it's yeah. sounding
0: that way. I don't think it's a guarantee yeah. yet, but it sounds like that he- way. He- I mean, he's he's been on. Um, he's been at practice.
3: Yeah. As long as we got a couple of those guys to hit them hard with the running game, especially in the second half, I think we'll be okay. But, but man, we got to control that pass rush. Their pass rush is legitimate. And uh, if we can get to Ben, that's, that's, the, that's the key on defense because he, he is immobile uh, more than ever. He's not the same guy that can really roll outside the pocket and do any damage to you. Uh, he He's not going to get more than five or six yards from the pocket normally. Uh, so if you can get to him, uh, with the pass rush, then, then we can change everything about that game and take control of it. I think, but anyway, that's my thoughts. What's yours? Yeah. Um, I like, I,
1: I, yeah, I think, um, you nailed it as far as the key to the game is us pressuring Ben. Um, we saw some glimpses of that last week, um, where our coverage stepped up and we were able to put some pressure and, and sort of collapse the pocket. Um, against the Broncos, and if we can do that against Ben and, and force him to make throws, I think he's going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's just yeah, uh, he his arm's probably better than it was, but it's uh, earlier the year in the year, but it's oh. not like it was when he was a younger. Player, no, so no, he is a you know,
2: shell. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah so
1: yeah, so yeah. yeah. Um, I think defensively, you know, this this is an opportunity for Joe Woods to step up the pressure. Uh, for our guys to to you know show what they're capable of on defense. Um, look, this this is a our division game against the, the worst team in our division. That's right. We we have to win uh-huh. this game. Yeah. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. We, we, this is a game we have to win, and 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 it's home. Um, we're su- we're supposed to win this game. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Jack Conklin it looks like is going to be back. Um, so we have a chance to have our entire offensive line intact this week for the first time in a while. Um, That's big. Chubb comes back. uh, We should be able to dominate the line of scrimmage with our running game Um, because you're, you're absolutely right, Stacy. If if we let uh, uh, TJ Watt
2: Mm -hmm. get
1: get crazy and and start putting some pressure on Case Keenum, um, then things could, could go sideways. So, I think you know, we we have to have a good game plan to to neutralize their defensive line um so that our offense can execute in the running game and in the the, the ball control offense. Um and just dominate time of possession against the Steelers. And anytime Ben touches the ball, we just need to just pin our ears back and go get it.
2: I,
3: I, uh, yeah. I, I I completely agree with that. One one other thing, just playing off of what you said, I think one thing that would really help us here, and I I'm I'm sure that Stefanski's working on this, and that is that what we were talking about with Jarvis earlier. I don't care whether it's Jarvis and Joku, Hooper, uh, you know, Peoples, Jones, OBJ, whoever, uh, quick hitters. We need. Quick hitters, especially out of the gate here on when we got it, when we got a pass or want to pass, even more importantly, let's hit them on those six yard routes with a chance to make a play where Keenum doesn't have to hold the ball more than about a second and a half. You know, um, if we can hit some quick hitters, then that is the key to what you were saying, which is no doubt, then we run the ball down their throat. Um, if they don't have to respect our passing game because we're looking too far down the field and they start getting pressure on us, then, then that running game can tighten up on us because they have the capability of slowing down a running game when they want to, you know, uh, but if we're hitting quick hitters on them where we keep them linebackers back, then I'm telling you what, we ought to be able to run the ball. Right. I I made that comment
1: to you, uh, early in the Denver game, Rod, that, um, you know, the offense seemed to have some pace to it, you know, yeah. where, where yeah. we were we were clicking on plays. We were, we were making them happen fast, not, you know, um, taking a long time to develop plays. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that, you know, that's true of pretty much every NFL offense. You know, they're at their best when the ball comes out in, the, in you know, two to three seconds max.
2: You mm-hmm. know, when, when
1: you're trying to extend oh, yeah. plays and let guys work themselves open and stuff – Good things don't generally happen for any NFL offense. Not usually. You know? yeah, so, no. Right. So, um, and, and with, you know, with Keenum's knowledge of the offense and, and you know, ability to get the ball out quick, mm-hmm. um, I think we have we – can, we can make that happen on offense. We need OBJ to, to hang on to the damn ball. Oh, my God,
3: man. Oh, my God. Let's <laughs> start. Let's you know?
1: Start. I mean, I, I can't believe how the guy – can make the spectacular catch and mm. drop so many easy looking ones.
3: You know, you know so this fun. is, this yeah. has become a thing. I think we've all kind of been there. It, you know, you spill a drink in your, you hadn't spilled a drink in your living room for 12 years. You spill one, there's another right. one coming, you know, because <laughs> right. now, now uh-huh. you're just like careful picking up your cup, you know, I mean, everything right. is a little more mechanical. Uh, and, and I've not, I noticed, you know, I'm not in for the whole Baker, OBj. None, none of that. none of that matters. what Those guys are just football players and, and and you go play damn football. But what I what became has become clear is that even though OBJ is back and he says he's got his legs under him better, you know, he's not back in true football form yet. I mean, I think that's become clear to everyone. This guy's a playmaker. he's capable, but we need him working on the tennis ball machine, you know what I mean? We need him getting his hands back, you know, um, because the guy can play, uh, and I think he will be there. We just, look, having Landry back's the key, though. He is a human hot route. Yep, That guy will get open. I don't care if you put two guys on it, you know. So, uh, you know, that's one thing that killed us early on after we, you know, played a, Great game against the Chiefs, probably should have won the game, we all know what happened there, but losing Landry right out of the gate this year, the only reason we were three and three, and not four and two, or five and one, was because we didn't have Landry, that guy, he's a a walking, he's a walking ten points, you know, (laughs) I mean, uh, if he ain't worth ten points a game, I don't know who is, you know, so having him back is a big key here, guys, so
0: yeah, yeah. A few, uh, few stats, guys. Um, talking about Ben, he's got uh, well, he's got fifteen hundred fifteen yards in, in six games, but um, seven touchdown passes, only four picks. So I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't have any fumble numbers in front of me, but he's been pretty, pretty well taken care of the ball, uh, at least. So,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, Najee Harris, three hundred eighty-eight rushing yards, only two touchdowns on the ground. Um, he's, he's averaging. He's only averaging 3.8. I mean, I, I say only. I mean, it's, I say only because that's not a number that uh, would, would be very big on the Browns. Doesn't um, jump
3: off the Browns right at you bad. for sure. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh,
0: but the thing with Najee Harris is he's got 34 catches for 244 mm-hmm. yards and another two touchdowns. So he, he's a real big part of their offense. So, so uh, he hasn't scored a ton, but um, they give him the ball a lot. So slowing yes, him do. down is important. Um, another thing, guys. Uh, here are the amount of points the Steelers have scored so far this season. Um, they, they've they scored twenty three against the Bills, um, then seventeen, ten, seventeen, twenty seven, and twenty three. So mm-hmm. they've scored twenty seven once, twenty three, uh, yeah, twenty three twice, and the other net uh, less than twenty, 20 points a pick- game
3: average. Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty
0: much twenty points a game average. So. So you kind of know what you're going to have to do against the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yeah. you know how many points yeah. So Yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah, but... Um, back
3: to point. One thing God. I wanted to say real quick about Najee Harris having just, you know, watched a little game film here, just kind of getting ready for this deal. Here's what I noticed early on, early in the season. He's a little, his rushing yards are a little deceiving at the moment. Because he's kind of coming on like all rookies do that are that are really good, you know. Yeah, he's probably getting uh, so, better now. Yeah. yeah. So in these last three games, I think it's a heavier dose of Najee Harris, uh, and I think we're going to get a heavy dose of him. There's no doubt about it. You know, he's a he. You pointed out, and I think a lot of people would miss that. Honestly, uh, that it isn't just his. I mean. I bet out of those 600 yards or so, all purpose, uh, passing and receiving, I, I mean, re- rushing and receiving, mm-hmm. I would bet that about 400 of them are in this last three games or so, you know, so mm-hmm. it, it is it is weighing heavier as we go on into the season, as he gets more comfortable and they get more comfortable with him. So I think that's a, that's a big deal here, but uh, your point on um, Roethlisberger <clears throat> a few moments ago, He is taking better care of the ball, but they have a much quicker passing game than they have also. It's clear they've made some adjustments because his arm isn't as strong as it used to be. So he's getting the ball out quicker than he used to as well. Those days of him dancing around and getting outside the pocket 15 yards are pretty much gone. So he needs to make something happen in about three seconds or less because he's not going to run outside the pocket much anymore. So, I think we can do some damage there and uh and you know, with the with the strike and the swipe uh Garrett's got going, I think we can get a turnover or two.
0: Oh, you know he wants to get Ben at least once.
3: Uh,
0: oh yeah, he does.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, uh so guys, assuming that uh that, that Nick Chubb is healthy uh fully healthy for this game. I'm back. How do you see this going down with with what Dearness Johnson did against Denver? And I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know, that that Dearness Johnson took anybody's job or anything, because we know that didn't happen, obviously. (laughs) Okay, but Dearness Johnson, um, I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but he had a a 90 PFF grade for that game, which is the (laughs) highest PFF grade for a running back in one game this season. Right, right. pretty pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. That's impressive. yeah, I think it's just the fact that the Browns, uh, I, I think they knew what they had in him all along. You know, they just hadn't seen it for a full game like this. I, I think my thought is, you know, do they see Ernest Johnson as, uh, Ernest Johnson as, as kind of a guy that can now split carries with Nick Chubb? Or when Nick Chubb's back, is he going to be, you know, is he going to be out there, you know, pretty much carrying the load, um, you know, until until Hunt is back. I mean what what kind of split do you guys expect? Go um,
2: ahead.
0: Go ahead, John. Well
1: I you know I don't think Nick Chubb has really carried the load all season, has he? <clears throat> uh, no, well, when, no when, when at,
0: Hunt's healthy he really doesn't. So right, you know too. Yeah. I don't
1: think he's getting more than twenty carries a game. Right. Um, and you, and I most, think you would love
0: most, to get thirty.
1: Most most games is less than that, you know. So, yeah, I, um, I, I think you know you you plug dearness johnson into the kareem hunt role and Mm. you go back to the the offense that's worked for you you know that you you rotate those guys and it it gives you a little bit of a change of pace i mean what i loved about dearness johnson was he always is falling forward you know he he was diving for that extra couple of yards just like kareem hunt does so i think Mm -hmm. he gives you that ability um you Kareem is out there on the, the you know, the third long and stuff um, that he can get those yards when you need them. So I think you just plug him in and you go back to what's worked.
3: I agree completely that you lean on him as the Kareem Hunt, you know, uh, in the Kareem Hunt role. I think he fits it perfectly. I don't think there's any doubt, as we all uh, discussed earlier, that he has learned from these guys uh, I think he's molded a little more like Kareem Hunt. I think he fits that role a little more. Chubb's that guy that, listen, he's just going to hit you consistently with the hammer, the same in the first quarter as he does in the fourth quarter, and he's eventually going to break through, you know. Um, but Kareem Hunt's going to hit you violently and at in spurts, and I think... Dearness Johnson has a chance to do the same thing. And I think it's going to be an interesting dynamic when all of them are healthy because, you know, having, having – uh, uh, maybe it's two out of eight of those plays uh, are now going to Dearness Johnson. But with his pass-catching ability, I don't think that necessarily hurts us because he proved the other night also that he's got good hands, can handle the ball – uh, when it's being when it's being thrown to him, so
2: yeah.
3: I just think uh, as I've been telling people all along, look, it's this is a marathon. Uh, we got we need to take care of business this week, or and looking forward, got a really tough division. But this team is built for the playoffs. This team is built for late in the season. If we can all get healthy at the right time with this running game and a manageable pass uh, passing game uh, that includes Landry, uh, this team's going to be really hard to stop if we can just get guys healthy in our defensive secondary, in particular, you know, uh, where we can, uh, you know, not not give up a lot of points. So, uh, But I couldn't agree more in regard to DeAndre Johnson. Uh, I think he fits right into the cream uh, role uh, in this next game and then going forward. I think he's going to be a – He's going to be a piece of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: well, I, I don't disagree. It's, I th- it's going to be interesting to see if he gets as many carries as what, uh, you know, Kareem would get in a game. Right. Uh, I think there's a good mm-hmm. chance he does. But um, I think with the Ernest Johnson, he – and I'm not saying the other guys don't do this, but he seems to find holes that just don't look like they're there sometimes. Yeah, uh,
3: Well, and I think the in, in, in other guys don't mind – taking on that corner, uh, or taking on that shoulder to borrow a term corner of a guy that's in their way, you know, certainly one nah. doesn't, he would just as soon knock he likes block off as yeah. he goes by, you know, yeah. but I think the Ernest Johnson will plant that foot, make that cut and go back against the grain. Uh, and, uh, and that's a nice change of pace. It really is.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Definitely. So, um, I'm trying to take of uh, I another point. Oh, I, I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to get back to. Uh, you know, we we've been talking this whole time about uh, you know Case Keenum in this game. There's talk about Baker practicing and stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, I wanted to know what you guys think about this. And you know, obviously, we don't know. You know, we're we're not uh, privy to the medical information and all this to know re- to really really know how Baker's doing, but. Man, he, he's got, he had a broken bone in his shoulder, okay? Yeah. Um, I can't imagine, you know, I, I don't know. Um, you, you guys tell me if two weeks is enough to heal a broken bone or not in your shoulder. But um, <laughs> I want to know how you guys feel about the possibility of getting Baker back versus Case Keenum starting this game in Pittsburgh. Um, what do you think, Jeff?
1: Well, first of all, we don't know when that fracture happened. Um, I, I True. don't think they've come out and said which game that actually happened in, uh, only that the team has known about it for a while. Uh, so when, when it sort of leaked out right before, um, the game, um, with Glazer, um, I think, you know, Baker knew about it for a while. The team knew about it for a while. So it might've been earlier, um, mm-hmm. You know, mm, okay. This is going to come down to whatever the doctors say. I think is, is is the general consensus right now is you know, um the coach is saying that, Baker's saying that, that, you know, the, the medical staff has to clear him to play.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: you know, he can go out and practice on a limited basis and whatever, but um he's not gonna play until the medical staff clears him, which um all the bravado aside, those guys just don't care. They're 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 gonna do what's best for him and his health. So, no, yeah, we'll, right. we'll, well, yeah,
3: that's right. We'll see what that turns into. And and, and here's one thing that <clears throat> that I've you know, I got a little first hand knowledge of Baker, obviously watching him close here for for quite some time. And The one thing that I mean, I I, I think the majority, uh, certainly the 70 percent of fans know this about uh, Mayfield by now, and that is there is no eye in in his game, man. Yeah. It's Baker. all he's all team, dude. He, yeah, right. No, I and Baker. Yeah, but no, he's all team. He's not going to now it's possible he would say, listen, I feel like I can play and they say no, you can't. He's not going to try to overrule that. He's not going to do something stupid. He's going to go play if he thinks he can help the team. Um, it, it, and, I, and I can assure you uh, Baker Mayfield is not concerned about Case Keenum. Uh, he's just glad the guys having successes. We've seen him on the sideline. All he's doing is, yeah, hell, he's over there pumping up the defense. He's high fiving guys with his good hand. You know, he's doing everything he can to stay involved in the game. He's on the headset. He's doing whatever he can do to have input. Uh, what what he cares about is getting a W. Uh, if we get the W this week uh then then we're in a much, much better position uh than we would be otherwise. Number one, Pittsburgh falls farther down the ladder. And and fellas, uh the Ravens and the Bengals are tough, you know. Uh we're gonna need everybody. We're gonna need our frontline players big time down the stretch of this season. You know, the way our season is our our schedule is back loaded, you know. Uh yeah. So Baker Mayfield is not going to jeopardize getting the W uh, to come out and play against Pittsburgh. He wants to play. There's no doubt about it. Anybody that doesn't think that's crazy also. But he's going to do what's right for the team, and and he's not going to step out there and play and and then three plays later not be able to play anymore. You know, it doesn't make any sense. He's thinking about, uh, you know, how we're going to beat Pittsburgh in the playoffs again, you know. So uh, I expect it to be Keenum this week. Um, and I, I expect us to plan accordingly. I, I would hope that we've got considerably shorter pass routes. I would hope that we've got a much more kind of, like you said earlier, a little tempo, uh, just Mm -hmm. get into a rhythm with our, with our passing game, because if we don't, uh, it can get tough on Keenum back there. And, and, you know, he's got a tendency to lob the ball, uh, a little too much and I mean just not this year just throughout his career uh and uh he doesn't have the big cannon or anything so as uh, long as they design around that I think we'll be okay we're gonna let our defensive running game win this game and Keenum do what he did last week which is just play good solid ball you know yeah
0: yeah definitely definitely yeah and uh you know that this, this looked to be a soft part of the schedule but uh you know, it's, it's Steelers and then uh, then it's uh, Bengals, then Patriots. You know, and then, then the Browns do get the Lions, uh, which you know, if there's one game you're going to look at as as a game you should definitely win, it'd be the Lions. Mm. And then it's then it's Ravens by Ravens, and then um, you know, and then I think it's uh, uh, what Raiders, Raiders, Steelers, and Bengals left after that. Oh, yeah. I might be missing one game. on um, um, the uh, Packers, so um, you know, it's not. Not a whole lot of uh, games you're gonna say, oh yeah, yeah, that's a win.
3: Yeah, listen, that's a 10 game stretch. Uh, yeah, yeah, that is uh, listen daunting for anyone. I don't care who you are, you know
0: it is, it is, but I tell you if you look at the if you look at the um, the last five or six games on the Steelers schedule, <laughs> it makes ours look pretty easy
3: that's nice i see i haven't done that yet so yeah (laughs) they've got even
0: harder games than the browns do i think um yeah yeah, so so anyway so um so we've been going for a while here guys let's um let's do some score predictions um you know we we predicted scores last week and yeah nobody nobody uh nobody nailed the sacks with with vaughn and miles um so nothing there, and I already bragged about the fact on Twitter that I that I almost got the score right last week. So we'll. Uh, I'm just gonna say I was probably pretty lucky. So, um, <laughs> what's the what's the line about a, a stopped clock, Jeff? You know,
3: <laughs> broken clocks right twice a, twice, twice a day, baby. Yeah, it's still right <laughs> twice a day.
0: So so yeah, I I guess 17 17 13 last week and the score came out 17 14 so that's if i'm cool. really any good i'll you know i'll get some more right so we'll see what happens
3: hey i am going to give you credit for that that's that's solid yeah
0: yeah yeah it was good it was good to be close on one after you know all the times we picked these and i'm usually not very close so <laughs> so uh so stacy you know what i'm we're gonna let you go first on this one all I mean, right well
3: <clears throat> If I have to, I'll step out there on the on the uh, plank first. Uh, now this this seems pretty clear to me. I, the, the key is to hold the Steelers to what they do. I mean, we know who they are. They're a they're a score you know 16 to 24 kind of team. They're going to try to beat you with that defense. They're going to try to turn you over with some with some uh, tip balls and those kind of things. I don't think we're gonna fumble a lot so it's gonna come down to whether they can get uh, interceptions or sacks so I think it's uh, I think it's pretty clear what they're gonna do I think our running game uh, ought to be good for a couple touchdowns and then I'm counting on uh, counting on one passing touchdown uh, if we can get that then I think we win at 24 uh, 17 and listen, there's a lot of people that would like to shut the Steelers out here, but I'll take twenty-four <laughs> seventeen right now.
0: <laughs> yeah. As I as I've said in the past, uh anytime the Browns have more points than than the other right. team, that's that's good enough for me. So You're right. So twenty four
3: seventeen, fellas.
0: All right, so, Jeff, you want to go next, or you want me to read off my, the score that I wrote down about a half hour ago?
3: <laughs> no, I believe
0: you.
1: Um, so, I like I like that score a lot, uh, but the only thing I'm going to add to that is I've sworn off ever going
0: with the under again, uh, <laughs> uh,
1: even though it bit me last week.
0: It was the under, um, and I told you it was going to be the under. Yep, I, yep, I, yeah. yep, um, so I'm gonna it. I'm gonna
1: add a field goal to the Browns score and I'm gonna say 27-17, which gets me to 44 and just
3: barely the <laughs> over. <laughs> All right, well, 27-17. Uh,
0: I'm giving I'm giving the Steelers just a little bit more credit, and oh, well. I honestly, I did write this down a long time ago. Um, I'm I have this I have the Browns winning 27 to 19. And and, and and the exact really exactly what you said, Stacy. I, I see the Browns scoring, <laughs> scoring a, a couple of rushing touchdowns. Maybe maybe Chubb gets one and Johnson gets one, and then they get one through the air. Um, yeah, you know, and then uh, you know a Double couple of field goals. goals. Yeah, and and uh, you know the Steelers will Steelers will get some points, but uh, but yeah, I think the Browns uh, defense will do enough to. To close those guys out, and uh, Browns Browns will get a win.
1: So those those are all really close to both teams' season scoring averages. Right, um, they are. We're all yeah. real close to each other, um, mm-hmm. which means there's probably you know zero chance of that happening. <laughs> I mean, the last time the last time we were in this much agreement on a was <laughs> it a
0: the Vikings game? guesses.
1: It was like a, a, you know, a huge uh, blowout the other way. I think it was the Chargers game. Oh, it was the Chargers anyway.
0: game. We all picked a low-scoring game.
3: Didn't right, we? right, right, right.
0: right,
2: right
3: yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, nobody yeah, nobody... You can, has, you
2: you
1: can
3: nobody almost lay money 49, on a 52-49. 42-37 yeah, 40. game. Yeah. yeah, it probably will be. Yeah. It very well could be. But, yeah, so. there's... Uh, they, i tell you what, it's... Uh, uh yeah, we're at the point of the season right now. That middle season lull, we don't get our our bye week isn't to what? Week 10 or something this year? It's
0: 13, I believe. Or,
3: yeah, 13. Uh, yeah, cuz after
0: it's the first crazy. Ravens game, yeah, they got uh, yeah. They We'll got, be
3: ready for that. I can tell you that. They but. got
0: the uh, counting Steelers, they got 5 more games before that Gosh, bye week. Man, that's, yeah, that's kind of rough, but if they can get to that, they can they yeah. get some guys healthy week 13 and you know, if they if they can get enough wins to get into the playoffs, that's you know it'll be a good yeah it'll be it'll be, a, well, it'll be good.
3: Well, that the, the key is, and, and I think you know between now and thirteen, we got six more games. Uh, I mean, let's let's you know let's say that we go four and two out of those six games, which you know we probably all would take right now, being quarterback situation and some injuries. You know, if yeah. we were to go four and two there. Then man, that sets us up for a really nice stretch run uh, coming out of a bye week. You know, yeah. need to go get a couple more wins, and and uh, and that would be that would be beautiful at the time. So we just got to get, yeah. get to that point. You know,
0: that's right. Um, one game at a time, as uh, Kevin Stefanski says. So <laughs> hopefully, right. they go one and zero this week. So <laughs> that's so uh, so. Stacy, uh, as the guest, I'm going to let you go first with any closing thoughts, um, closing thoughts or, <clears throat> or words or words sure. of wisdom that you like to leave us with.
3: Well, I, I can tell you this, guys. I think the, the real key here is that, uh, uh, first of all, I just want to thank you guys. I appreciate you having me on with you. I enjoyed it very much and uh, love to do it again sometime Uh, The key this week, uh, just I want to get out of this game with a win and everybody healthy. If we can keep from stacking injuries up, I think we're going to be okay. But tell you what, Ravens and Bengals coming down the stretch. We got, you know, we got four games against those guys. We're going to need everybody healthy. Uh, I think we can get out of this week with a win against the seller, dweller, Steelers. Uh, I think we can get it. has kind of a nice ring to it, you know. <laughs> if we can get out of this week with a, I don't care if it's one point, I don't care if it's forty-seven and thirty-seven, I don't care what the heck it is. Just get through this week, get everybody a little more healed up. I think you can. Uh, I think you can count on it that Baker will uh, will probably set this one out, um, and uh, and we need Keenum to get us through this one more game and then i think uh i think he'll be able to come back and uh and hopefully you know then we got hunt on the horizon but we found another uh another little guy here and uh dearness johnson that i think we can lean on so i feel good about where we're at i certainly love this team and i uh, i believe they're built for the playoffs we just got to get there first so um i appreciate you guys having me but that's really all i got for tonight and uh and thanks very much.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Jeff closing, closing, uh,
3: thoughts tonight.
1: Yeah. The, 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 idea of getting set up for the playoffs, I think is, is really good. A good thing to focus on right now, you know, the, the game Thursday, um, uh, I feel like turned the corner for this franchise from what had been a very fragile young team and in, integrating a bunch of new players um, you know, just to be able to kind of gel in a win like that on Thursday night, I, I think we're going to look back on the significance of that at the end of the season. And, and yeah. Stacy's absolutely right. If we can start getting some guys healthy and, and some of our stars playing up to their abilities, I mean, we're so far right now, we're talking about backups, you know, overperforming. Mm-hmm. we need some of our stars to play up to their abilities. And if all that sort of lines up as the season goes along, we're going to be in really good shape at the end of the year. But this week, it's about beating the Steelers. It's about you know getting a division win, which is important. Um, I'm going to make one more prediction. I think that um, Ben is going to get knocked out of the game, and this is going to be the battle of the backups in the second half. We're going to find out how much better Case Keenum is than Mason Rudolph, the guy you love to hate. Um <laughs> uh, is, he, just is one, he even their
0: backup now? I guess he is, isn't he? I think just he's one still, other yeah. thought.
1: Um one other thought. The Chiefs right now are sitting at three and four. Um uh, yeah. I don't think anybody in Kansas City is panicking about them making the playoffs. Right. So we're right. in good shape right now. Let's just keep getting those wins
0: each week. Very well said. Very well said. Yeah. This has been the Browns Blitz and <clears throat> yeah.